Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode of the Abraham Has VIP podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. I'm back with co-hosts David and Abe. And today we have our special guest and great friend of mine from a long time ago, Justin Lopez, a current student of UF. So, boys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hello, everybody. Howdy, everyone. Hello, guys. Thank you. Glad we're all here. Glad we're all here. And this week we're back with more sports, more NBA, more NFL, and uh, just anything really going on in the world, what's new with COVID, what's not. So let's jump right in with the first topic that we have lined up, which is the Redskins have officially retired their name, like we assu- like we assumed, um, have not announced a new name, but they now have some more scandals. Um, have you been keeping up with that, any of you? I mean, I've taken a look about it. Pretty much just about terrible company culture with like a lot of um, sexual harassment and just kind of real pervy behavior within the headquarters. Yeah, not not a good look for the Redskins anymore. Yeah, it definitely looked like yeah, um, I, some things might be changing in the organization. Um, I don't know. I heard a few claims that maybe like Dan Snyder was pretty complicit to what was going on, but obviously, I, as far as I know, those are just claims at the moment. But um, it seems like a few things need to change, or people uh, need some uh, disciplining or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've... yeah, I feel like I feel like it'd just be better for the league and the franchise if they just relocated somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, there's. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a shit show. Like, the team went from last season just being a bad football team in terms of their play to now they're just a bad everything. Bad management, bad team, bad, you know, just bad everything. Yeah, I think they just need I feel a... so bad for Chase Young. Oh, I do feel I... bad for Chase Young, yeah. I think they just need, like, a, a big restart, you know? Probably need to hire a lot of, like, new personnel that are, you know not going to harass the employees and get a restart, get new name, new personnel, you know, set some new boundaries of the way that your things should be handled. And then maybe they can uh, get things going in the right direction. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just looking this up and I feel kind of let down because this whole, this whole time, uh, obviously the Redskins owner, Daniel, Daniel Schneider, Dan Schneider, I had thought this was the same guy from Nickelodeon whose name is also Dan Schneider. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is he the same guy? I thought this whole time they were the same person. Turns out they're not. And I wasn't – it would have made sense because the Nickelodeon Dan Schneider, everyone makes jokes about him having, like, foot fetishes and being a weird-ass dude. So if that were to have, like, been the thing, you know, the fact that there was, like, sexual harassment and all that shit going on, I'm like, well – not too surprised knowing this dude's history after Nickelodeon cut their ties with him. Oh my god. Wow, they're actually two separate people. It's not a good time to be a dance Schneider right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not at all. But, but yeah, I mean, like, like, well, on our episode with, uh, on our episode with Aiden, uh, yeah, David, I know. We, I mean, I think we all kind of unanimously, yeah, unanimously agreed that they were going to come out of that invest- investigation, declaring a name change. And uh, I think Monday, July 13th, they officially said, yeah, we're done with it, which is, uh, which is interesting when you look back at previous statements made by Dan, who's been like, yeah, we're never changing the name. It's part of who we are. And then all of a sudden FedEx is like, fuck you. We're taking, taking your, uh, taking your money away and nike said we're not gonna sell your products anymore and he's like oh there's actual repercussions and r.i.p the money yeah money money talks i think that's what finally got him got him to do it um i think it was the right thing to change the name and it was time it's probably been time for matters of years and years but obviously like you said they they weren't too open to changing it but now that um the money is out of the equation they uh they decided all right, fine, we'll do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think the addition of um, Ron Rivera, I mean, like, I think Ron Rivera has actually been super helpful along the way and, like, mature with it. And he's, he's, he was kind of thrown into, like, a 
weird position because, you know, he's just coming from the head coach of Carolina, and now he's going to this team with all this controversy, all this just junk that he has to deal with, but I think he's handled it well. If I had to pick a coach to, like, throw into a crappy situation and really, like, change the culture and help the organization, it would be Ron Rivera. Yeah. He's, yeah, I just saw no this. Bullshit, uh, he's a no bullshit kind of guy. I mean, he, yeah, I just saw this. He's the best kind of coach for this kind of position, I think. Yeah, I saw this pretty funny headline just now. It says, The force is strong with Ron Rivera, but then Schneider's empire always strikes back. <laughs> I think yeah. that, that goes along well. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I I heard, and I think this is just like a conspiracy rumor or whatever. Uh, I don't think there's any confirmation to it, but supposedly, whether it was one of the coaching staff, Dan Schneider or whatever, back when Alex Smith was playing for the Redskins and got that knee injury, apparently, I guess one of the coaches or something had refused to sub in one of the running backs because he was either girlfriends with one of like the coaches like exes or some shit like that um and so they put in like a a different person who didn't know all their shit um and the guy missed their block missed missed the block they were supposed to have and then that same play the guy that sacked alex smith just ended up just destroying his leg oh geez yeah um yeah i mean okay with with the name being changed though now are we still – Abe, have you thought of an, any new names? Are you like Red Hawks, David, Justin, what do you think I, of your name? I think we said Red Tails. Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, but it's supposed to be named after the Red-Tailed Hawks. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely could be um, an interesting name. Is, is that the one that is the reference to the Tuskegee Airmen or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Red Tails, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely could be uh, a good name. I would totally support that. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't have any, like, personal ideas, but I would definitely support that if, if people like that. Yeah. Uh, funny. It's really funny. Yeah, story, anything, yeah. anything other than Redskins is, Yeah, you know, anything that, you know, kind of doesn't appropriate other cultures. Yeah. Rather, you know, maybe honor them and then appropriate them. <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, the Red Tails is, like, uh, respectful and like in taste, you know. So, I think that's good. Um, I have funny. I saw. I saw a funny headline. Uh, I, I mean, th- I have to give this guy props because it's it's smart and it's thinking ahead, but it's also super scummy to do. But hey, maybe he's looking to make a quick buck. Uh, there's a guy in Alexandria, I think Virginia. The, his name is uh, Philip Martin McCauley, 61 years old. And prior to all this going on, well, actually just like when all this name change stuff started going on, he applied for almost a dozen of the potential names that the Redskins were going to choose and trademarked and patented them all. <laughs> so he, oh now owns the, he now owns the uh, trademark and the intellectual property of, you know, the Red Hawks, the Generals, the Washington, you know, all that shit. <laughs> and the team would not be able to use it. So, well, he probably wants to make money off him. He probably thinks they'll buy one of them off him. I think so. He's actually, um, yeah, I follow a person named Darren Heitner who's um, got his own legal firm and he's well respected in the sports and the legal world. But he, I so saw he wrote an article about he actually chose to represent this guy rather than like, I don't know, the Redskins or someone that you would think would be in the right side of this, like, I feel like most mm-hmm. people would look at this guy and be like, oh, he's just being an ass, taking all the things, looking to make a quick buck. Um, but this, the, this attorney, or not sure, attorney, lawyer, whatever Darren Heitner is, um, you know, he, he wrote an article and basically explained, like, yeah, I know this is the unpopular side of things, to, or, like, the unpopular side to defend and work with, but, you know, I'm working with this guy. Um, he said... And apparently this guy, after speaking with him, Heitner speaking with the Macaulay, the one who trademarked all the names, he said that he's like totally willing to give them up and hand them over. They he, they just need to reach out to him, which is, um, you know, 
who knows what talks are going to go down behind the scenes, but you know, maybe maybe he'll play hardball and say, "Hey, give me give me fifty thousand for this." And you can you can take it, but yeah. Thought yeah, I, I wouldn't sorry. be surprised if he was a. Uh... Looking to be throwing a little bit of cash before he gives them up. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it is it is what it is because that's kind of like the way the patenting and the trademarking kind of world works. And especially with trademarking, if you're not familiar with it and you take a look at it for the first time, it's such a pain in the ass. There's, I think, eight or 12 different classes you could file under. So, like, for example, you could make, like, you know, uh, well, I mean, that's already a thing that exists, but we'll say, like, for example, like, we'll just say the name of the podcast or whatever, like, or my company, the the one two sports, right? I could say the one two sports, and if I want to trademark it, I could trademark it as like an agency or whatever it would qualify under, but that doesn't give me the protection from someone going out and making like the one two restaurant. Even though, you know, even though I started it, someone could just take that same name and do it and trademark it for a completely separate thing because hmm. it'd be filed under a separate category, which is really weird. It's expensive, though. I mean, not too expensive, but I was looking into trademarking because I want to, I'm definitely going to do that eventually. But um, it's like $87.5 per class per trademark. Oh, wow. Huh. So if I want to do it in like, sports agency uh and you know maybe two other things that it would qualify under and like maybe like a social media name like i don't know it's gonna be like 250 bucks yeah um, and and there's a bunch of like upfront like setup costs and you got to renew them every year so yeah there's always little what. fees involved and stuff they want to keep making money off you you know yeah and it's it's something you can do by yourself but like it's also a lot better to do it professionally through through someone. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, yeah, that I, I think that's everything that was going on with the Redskins. Um, I don't know when they're announcing their name change. I know they haven't officially said anything. I think they're still figuring out. Um, but yeah, the, the Redskins are in a difficult place right now. They got to work out that that culture around their organization and uh you know get all their stuff together but who knows maybe come 2020 nfl season not only will they have a better team hopefully but hopefully they'll have um you know better coaching staff and people that are gonna make the environment one where they can want to go to work yeah um yeah uh on bigger news more you know almost more impactful news uh Mahomes just got a new contract, the biggest in sports history, at least in the um, in the nation or United States. So I'll, I'll call it um, ten years, four hundred fifty million guaranteed, I believe, with up to five hundred three million with incentives. I don't know about you, but I, I think that's a little long and a little long. Just a major hit on cap space, with especially with the uncertainty of what the revenue is going to bring in um, this season after COVID, and just just crazy in general. I don't know what you guys think about that kind of contract. Well, um, I don't know how long the NFL will be taking a revenue, but like the salary cap will inevitably go down next year with um with the revenue hit. But this contract doesn't actually like begin like the extension doesn't actually start until um after next season yeah after the two years that Mahomes yeah. left on his contract right so yeah so hopefully by then yeah. uh you know salary cap jumps back up with uh revenue rising the season after hopefully with covid hopefully covid is over by then yeah that's crazy though before david real real quick before david and justin you guys speak just Mahomes has already been in the league for three years. After the next two, it'll be four, like four what? or five. Uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to opt in for his fifth-year option. Mahomes is fifth Yeah, year they already did. Oh, really? Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so five years for that. And then they extended him for ten years after. I mean, the average 
NFL career is like anywhere from two years to six years, depending on the position. So, I mean, it's it's few and far between that last 15 years and especially 15 years at that proficiency, that just level of success. I mean, obviously you have Brady who's been doing it year in and year out, but I mean, even now he's, I mean, he's going into his 22nd, you know, he's a couple years after 20 and he's definitely slowing down. He's not putting up the numbers he was back five, 10 years ago. Um, so I just, I think it's risky. I think it's bold. And when you have a quarterback as able to make plays and mobile as Mahomes is, I think that allows for a lot of hits, not as much as Lamar Jackson type, but you know, I just personally, I wouldn't do a contract that long if I was the chiefs. I but, believe it, it's. I believe it's great for both the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. So obviously, four hundred fifty million plus incentives, which is obviously what a NFL player. That's what they dream of. All that money, but for the Chiefs, I think you're locking down possibly the best quarterback for the future, depending on how future drafts or future QBs that come in from the but possibly the best uh, quarterback for the next decade, and they've locked him down. They don't have to worry about, oh, after after uh, the fifth-year option ends, what, is he going to come back? Is another team going to come in? And I think if you grab him for the next uh, decade, where you have him for uh, – I think – I believe that he's still trending upwards in a couple of years. If, if not, it's, he's already in his prime, but it could be a long-lasting prime. But even then, when he's older, he's going to be – he's going to have the knowledge and game sense to not, like, throwing, throw himself into situations where he's going to get injured unnecessarily. But uh, obviously, he's still young now. I think just just watching him play, he's, he's smart enough to not put himself in situations where he's going to get um, a career-ending injury. But it's just—I think the Chiefs, even though it is, uh, oh, an expensive contract, he is—I mean, it's Pat Mahomes. I mean, it's not really. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna yeah. have playmakers around him. That's true. I mean, but the thing is, you—you you say that, and granted, I do think he's a smart quarterback. I do think he's, a, you know, conscious of what he's doing. But you can't forget he was also injured and out for like four games this year because he injured his knee. You know, and that's only his second year starting. And I understand it was a fluke play, quarterback dive, you know. But you never know in the next 10, 12 years how many more times that could happen. Or little minor injuries here and there. Or, you know, God forbid he tears an ACL. You know, something like that. Um, those are all setbacks that ideally you wouldn't have. So, that, I mean, that's... I don't know. That's my take on it. I but just I feel like... Right. I feel like Pat Mahomes is, the, is one of those players that you just... Go out on a limb and you take that chance. Cause no, definitely. definitely. He, he's a player that can bring you – like, he, he can be a dynasty. Um, he can be a dynasty quarterback for sure. So I mean, he, he, deli- he delivered that franchise's first Super Bowl in 50 years. So, I don't think they're complaining. Exactly. I, I exactly. Think, I, I think so. Yeah, I think all those things. And I think a little, like, of one of the unspoken things that does benefit the Chiefs is you've now locked down what I would say the face of your franchise – for the next, you know, 12 years. And that alone is going to bring in a ton of revenue. You have everyone buying Mahomes jerseys. Everyone is going to come to see Mahomes play. Um, so that's kind of like one of those subtle things you don't really think about. But, you know, the, a, lot, a lot more people are going to watch Chiefs games than they are Redskins games, you know. Team, teams just don't like to have a lot of uncertainty at the QB position. I mean, I – like, the Pats this year, they had so much uncertainty throughout the season of whether Brady was going to leave or not. And, like, teams just don't like to have it. They want to secure their league guy for as long as they can. Keep it going. Yeah, that's true. And as a, as a, a good quote that I've heard Gary Vee say, I don't think it's his quote, but it basically goes something like, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, which I think is a good way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, they they the Chiefs have got their guy and they're sticking with them. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. I think that's definitely what 
the main point of making a contract that that big and that long is that they really just want to lock him down for those years. And if he is, in fact, able to stay healthy and play through all those years, that uh, you know, he, it seems as though he's really going to deliver for him. I mean, he already delivered the the one Super Bowl, and you know, who knows? Maybe there's uh, one or two more in those in the coming years. But yeah, if he does fulfill that, I mean, he's really going to generate a lot of revenue for him, and it'll definitely prove to be worth it. Um, you know, I guess they're just kind of banking on, on him being able to stay healthy for that amount of time. And if they do, I mean, it should work out quite well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious how this contract sets the tone and the precedent for future contracts. I mean, Mahomes has essentially gotten a baseball contract is what I'll call it as that's, you know, pretty standard in the MLB world for these top tier players, 13 year contracts, 10 year contracts. But I wonder if that may become the new norm now with players like Lamar Jackson who are looking to get paid. Um, Dak Prescott wants to get paid. I don't think he's looking. I don't even think Dak Prescott is in the market for something like that, though. You know, a 10-year plan. But I think Lamar is definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, do you guys think that could be something that now sets a precedent of longer-duration contracts in the NFL? Um one for all positions or uh, one for all positions and especially for quarterbacks too. I think only the quarterback position it will really affect because if you look at all the other positions, they're the ones getting um, hit harder, whether it be offensive linemen, wide receivers, they're the ones getting tackled the most. And, um, uh, and plus because the captain of the team, right? So you want the captain of the team to be your best. It's it's honest to common sense when you you want you want the best player possible to be your the uh, the quarterback, right? So mm-hmm. locking down the face of your franchise and uh, like in, in terms of um, Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's going to get as long as a contract. Holmes just because of his quarterback and style like he's when he runs he gets hit every play so the, the injury risk is so much higher with Lamar Jackson than Pat Mahomes it's almost ridiculous so I don't know if the Ravens are gonna and, and, and if you look at my, uh, Michael Vick you, he didn't have as long as a contract um, because the teams were wary of um, him getting injured you know that's true yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, I think these 10-year contracts are definitely going to be something that you still, you know, even in the coming years, still aren't going to see too often. And I think it's mostly going to be reserved for for those quarterbacks, for teams who really think it's going to be their, you know, their dynasty quarterback, the one who's going to stay with them and really make a team for them. Um, I think it's just – Specifically in the NFL, um, I think it's just so easy for you to be to have some career-ending injury. I think it could happen just so easily one day. And you know, even though you take all the precautions, and you know, even a quarterback that stays in the pocket every single play, like you're still gonna get hit every now and then. You never know what's gonna happen. And you know, you tear an ACL. That's something that that gives you issues for years most of the time. So, yeah. Uh, I think I think most teams are just going to see that it's too risky to offer a contract this long for anyone but those players, probably specifically quarterbacks. They think are really going to be the leaders of their team for years and years and years. Yeah, all the, uh, I mean, I'll agree. I can't, I don't, I can't imagine, um, you know, Lamar getting a ten-year thing, especially just because he doesn't have the results. You know, he hasn't, man hasn't won a playoff game yet. Uh, this was his first year of real proficiency. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, he won unanimous MVP, so that's nothing to gawk at, but um, nothing to take shyly. But um, I think until he wins a playoff game and until he shows that continued success, if he repeats again similar play style to next year or you know this upcoming season, then I think this is something a little more serious to – um, you know, take note to and maybe consider for a longer contract, but I just don't think he has the results yet that Mahomes does. MVP his first year starting, and then Super Bowl MVP the next year. So, 
Yeah, I, I think they, the Chiefs had some substance there, you know, back their decision off of. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mahomes really showed that um, even though he's young in the league, that uh, he's there to deliver with that team. And, you know, when it matters the most in those playoff games and the Super Bowl, they, I mean, as as we know, they, they made it happen. So, you know, he's there to show that, you know, I mean. I mean, the only, the only playoff game Mahomes has lost because Matthew Slater called heads. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason Mahomes, Mahomes has a playoff loss right now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, Mahomes is getting four hundred fifty million. He should be out there playing defense too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but if he does I that, mean, then he won't be able to Mahomes better years have that much. psychic crystal ball for those coin tosses. Like, um, be... Yeah, Mahomes plays defense by keeping the offense <laughs> yeah. on there for longer. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. Talked about Mahomes. <laughs> um, we'll actually segue into Mahomes. Mahomes is one of the five players in Madden 2021 who have earned a uh, spot in the 99 club, is what EA is calling it. So, with that being said, we are going to talk about the NFL player ratings for <laughs> 2021. And just kind of how outrageous some of them are and how makes sense some of them are um i want i want to say the first one that doesn't make sense to me is if we're looking at the quarterbacks deshaun watson is not even top seven he's an 86 overall which i know abe probably has you feeling some type of way it really does i mean i think people sleep on deshaun too much i think he Completed sixty-seven percent of his passes last year. Deshaun, I keep on sleeping on Deshaun too much because of Bill O'Brien. It's it's getting a bad reaching. <laughs> I mean, let let let's look at who's better than him. Apparently, currently, uh, according to EA, Matt Ryan is better than you know Deshaun Watson right now. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. I mean, I think we can agree. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar, at least Lamar as of last season, were better than Deshaun. Tom Brady had a worse – I mean, the latter half of the year had a worse passer rating than Mitch Trubisky, I believe. So the fact that he's better than Deshaun Watson in this game is um a little interesting. But I guess they're basing it off of past results too, you know, his his whole career. But if you ask Deshaun, me, Deshaun is the only quarterback in the last two seasons – to throw for 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, and completing at least passes each of the last six seasons. Deshaun's the only quarterback to do that. I mean, those are very specific stats, but... <laughs> but it's yards, touchdowns, and a completion percentage. Like, those those are what you're, you're paying for your guy. Yeah, that's true. To get those yards and those touchdowns with that completion percentage, I mean, no one else is doing it. That's true. That's true. Um... I don't think Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers is better than Deshaun Watson currently. Do you? Nah, no way. Aaron Jones carried that offense last year. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers took a took a bit of a hit last year. I thought it was quite apparent in this play. Yeah. Um, okay. Ben Roethlisberger is an 81, which to me makes sense. He's coming off the injury, but he has had success in the past. Um, what else we got? Josh Allen is a 77. I'm a Josh Allen fan. I think that's really low. I don't know if you well, you, you guys think that should be in the 80s or if 77 is fine for him. Uh, oh, man, that's a tough one. I have, like, a, a love-hate relationship with Josh Allen. Like, I love what he brings to the game and his athleticism and his energy, but... I mean, he's literally ranked lower than Baker Mayfield. That's uh, that's kind of, that that that's out of pocket. Out, out of pocket. He's ranked lower <laughs> than Cam Newton too. Yeah, who that's, that's didn't a little, play at all last. Only played two games and lost both games last season. And is coming off injury. I, I mean, I think they're. If you ask me. I mean, I'd give him an eighty. 
Yeah. No, nothing more, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that would be fair. Yeah. They got Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. Uh, I could agree with an 80, I'd say. Which is uh, interesting, I know. Uh, considering Dak wants to be paid freaking $35 million a year. You know, Carson Wentz is not $35 million a year worth. Um, they also got Matthew Stafford at an 83, which I feel like is a little low, if you ask me. You know, I feel like Matthew Stafford always does consistently decent with the weapons he has, which are not very many. But uh, I agree with that. that. Yeah. What does Stafford's uh, contract look like? I'm I'm curious. I got no clue. Honestly, I got no clue. Abe, I'm looking up. The Lions are always the one team that I have. What's going on to that team? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm looking up the tight end ratings right now, so we can. Matthew Stafford signed a five-year, $135 million contract extension with the Detroit Lions on August 29, 2017. 2017, you said? Yeah. Gotcha. So he's got a couple of years left on that. Interesting. Average of $27 million. Okay. I mean, he is worth it, you know. Uh, I think I think he's definitely think he's worth it. Um, he's a solid QB. I mean, he's, he's not too bad. Yeah, no, he, he is. He's just—I feel like he's just gotten unlucky, you know. Like, no, no real success in the playoffs. I mean, any yeah, he hasn't been able to do that, anything. That gets drafted by the Detroit Lions. That's that's true. That's I mean, good. they wasted in a top five running back in the history of the game and a top five wide receiver, in my opinion. I mean, they With Barry Sanders, yeah, and Calvin, and Calvin Johnson. Johnson. I think. I mean, if you ask me, Calvin Johnson, before he retired early, was making plays and really changed the game like Moss did to to be a top three receiver of all time. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he just – you watch him play and you're like, is this dude real? I mean, one-handed, like, sideways catches, ridiculous stuff. The craziest catch – he made the craziest catch I've ever seen. Where he just jumps over three Bengals players. The Bengals, dude. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 an iconic highlight. Um. Okay. Getting into the tight ends. Top three. <laughs> the top that's three. Big one. The top three are funny. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Oh, of course. Totally expect that. And the third, third highest overall tight end, out of the league for a full year, Rob Gronkowski at a ninety-five overall. I know a lot of people on Twitter had uh, problems with this. I don't know if you guys – I mean, I assume you guys have to think that that's ridiculous as well. Yeah. I, I, I think mean, he's, he, he's in hot – I mentioned it uh, earlier, but he's a higher overall than the leading rusher of last season, Derek Henry. I mean – I think that's not just mildly ridiculous. That's that's completely yeah. out of proportion, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you got Zach. You got Zach Ertz, who's just been nothing but consistent in terms of receptions, putting up a decent bit of yards for the past two to three seasons. At a ninety, I mean, you're telling me. I probably I probably put Gronk right after Ertz. If you're looking at it. You got Cooper and Ingram and Cook right after right after Ertz. So I probably put Brock after Ertz, but I probably have him as like the fourth rated tight end right now. Yeah, I also think it's funny Greg Olson, who's I mean quite old at this point, higher overall than Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, and even Mark. Well, no, same as Mark Andrews, who had a great year last year. Mark Andrews had an outstanding year. Yeah. Um. And I think this is interesting to me that they chose to do this, but they actually ranked George Kittle one overall point higher than Travis Kelsey, who those two have been just in discussion for being, you know, the one and two tight end, which they definitely are right now. But I would have figured they would give them the same rating, whether it's both a 97 or both a 98. But interesting that they chose to deem Kittle one overall higher. I think Kittle Kittle's a slightly worse receiver than Kelsey, but, but better, he is such blocker. an outstanding blocker. And Kelsey's like an okay blocker, but Kelsey's like 
a top tier blocker for a tight end and is only slightly worse at receiving than like I I don't know. I think the one overall I think Kittle does deserves to be like the definitive top tight end Yeah, I feel that. I mean I've always vouched for his um I mean his blocking is nothing but stellar, so you can't go wrong there. Um all right, receivers Nothing too questionable here that I that I really saw. Michael Thomas, Mr. Crybaby, got awarded his 99 overall. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you break the records he did. Um, <laughs> Hopkins at a 98, which, I mean, he didn't have – he really didn't have that great of a year last year. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was still a great year, but I feel like for Hopkins' standard, definitely not – the year he would have liked. I'm sure he thought he could have done better. Um, Julio at a 97. You have, you have your top three there, Julio, DeAndre, Michael Thomas right now. Um, then below that, you got Tyreek Hill, which is actually surprising. You know, the fourth best receiver in the league is Tyreek Hill. I think that's a little questionable, but um, who knows. Uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, so hey, you kind of got it. I see it. they gave him a 99 kill. speed, though. The cheetah deserves it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, just thinking about that, it's probably going to be a – even though he's only a 96, not that a 96 is only, but um, to have yeah, 99 speed and 99 uh, acceleration and, and Madden would be probably like be pretty crazy. more than a 99 speed, though. Dude, him and Mahomes, holy Yeah, shit. exactly. That's, that's what I'm throwing, thinking. You got that speed. is just insane. <laughs> Gonna be clutch. Mahomes, I don't think Mahomes has the top rated throw power. <laughs> no, Josh Allen does. Mr. So 77 overall has a 99 throw power. But the 99 yeah. overall, yeah. The 99 Mahomes has 97 throw power. No way. Yeah. His accuracy <laughs> is so bad. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it's gotta be said. Yeah. Um Yeah, but if you're looking for um, an ultimate, if you're looking for that um, oh that mobile God. quarterback, yeah, you might have got to go with uh, Lamar Jackson with that 96 speed. It's like oh, oh 04 Vic. Really get out of the pocket and do some QB runs. You give me Lamar Jackson in Madden, bro. I am I am getting annoyed the hell out of you. Bro, you just got to Like, I just... Oh, yeah. I don't think anything will be as, as OP as 04 Vic, but... And then that probably I, don't think, I, I don't think it'll be enough. Probably won't. It probably won't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, go to the corners. Uh, Gilmore, 99. Definitely deserve it. Uh, Ramsey at a 94. Maybe 95, I think. Richard Sherman at a 92. The third highest corner, I think, is... I think Tredavious White is better than Sherman right now. Um, and... Why I think is more locked down. Sherman, Sherman's kind of just been like a, a, a zone corner right now. Like he, yeah. he can't put Sherman in a man-to-man situation. No, like, you can't. We, we saw, saw that, that in the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Exactly. Darius Slay at an 88, I think, is disrespectful. I think Jair Alexander at a 90 is a little high. I mean, this is what, his second year, third year? Um, yeah, it's gonna be, this is going to be his third season. I think that's... A 90 for Jair is a bit excessive. I think Jadavius is a clear-cut better corner than him. Yeah, and to, to be the same overall, I think, is a little ridiculous. Um, I mean, Patrick Peterson at an 88. That all makes sense to me. Denzel Ward an 86. Marshawn Lattimore an 86, a little low. Uh, Marcus Peters is only an 85, which is pretty surprising to me, actually. I mean, I thought he had a decent year with, uh, the, you know, besides – him and Marlon Humphrey in tandem in Baltimore. I thought they did really well, but I guess they thought Marcus Peters didn't deserve that love. Um, okay. Lastly, we'll talk about – I know David didn't like this one, but uh, we'll talk about the running backs. Clearly, you have Christian McCaffrey as a part of that 99 club. I mean, him and Mahomes have to have been the two that deserved it the most. Two of the most just – crazy seasons out of players last season and career. Uh, McCaffrey definitely deserves that 99. But next up is Derrick Henry, who 
as David mentioned, is actually lower than lower than our boy uh, Gronk, which is uh, a little controversial. But David, a ninety-three for Derrick Henry is that accurate? No. <laughs> you know, you you don't get sixteen touchdowns and get a ninety-three overall. <laughs> it I, just doesn't you, happen. Do you agree with him? Do you agree with him being the second uh, halfback, though? Second, yeah. Top, like, I think. Yeah. C, uh, CMC is clearly better. He's more suited for this uh, modern style offense because he catches and mm-hmm. runs. So, Derek, uh, one of the last of a dying breed in the power backs. But you know, for what he did last year. <laughs> 1,500 plus yards and 16 touchdowns, you know. Yeah. I I, I don't really see how you get a 93 out of that. Yeah. But I haven't played Madden in a while, so I don't know how rankings really work. That's true. That's true. They threw threw a 91 Dalvin Cook's way, 92 for Zeke, and 92 for Chubb. Um, Aaron Jones. They updated Saquon's uh, rankings. I think Saquon. They initially had Saquon like an eighty-nine. Yeah, right. I saw he was like an eighty. Something. Yeah, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. But I'm seeing now he's a ninety-one, which is much. I think that's that's much more accurate. It's much more accurate. Holy shit! What the? F- I'm just looking now. They gave Kareem Hunt an eighty-seven. <laughs> what? What that's, a joke! He's higher. Yeah, than he hasn't Gurley. He hasn't played in him like he hasn't really gotten a lot of touches in a minute. No, I mean, he oh, was don't like... get me started on arthritis, girly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had him fucking splitting reps with with you know Nick Chubb. <laughs> I, I'm a I, I would I would hardly call it splitting reps. I mean, it was like an eighty twenty. Yeah, it was eighty. Yeah, it was like eighty twenty. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um. Damn. Yeah, okay. Well, those are the – I know – I think Joe Burrow has the highest overall rookie. I think he's, what, a 78 or an 82? Maybe 82, I think, something like that. Um, I do not like the fact that they gave Jordan Love a higher overall than – I think it was Justin Herbert or whoever was drafted before him. I don't know what they have with Love. I don't like Jordan Love. Um, but, well, you know, whatever. Let him be a seventy-one and ride ride the bench as a backup to Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> but yeah, okay. <clears throat> um, <laughs> all right, done with Madden, done with the NFL. On some more sports, though. NBA bubble, they finally all arrived in Orlando. They're doing all their practices, conditioning, training, um, and just getting ready for that. That first game to kick off. You guys know when that game is? What day? Thirtieth. Thirtieth. Okay, they got about a week and a half left until then. Um, I actually have a one of my uncles is actually working in the bubble for uh, I guess quote unquote the referee team. I don't know if that means he'll be live with the referees. Um, you know, actually refing those games, or if he's just uh, normally he does like uh, medical. Uh, helps the uh, players if they get injured and all that. So I don't know if he's going to be doing that there or not. But I asked him how he was and if he was liking it. He said it was amazing. Uh, and I, ha- I asked him if he had any interaction with the uh, NBA players or coaches. And his response was just, he, he said, I only tell them excuse me when they're in my way on the bike path. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, sounds like he likes it. I think they're <laughs> really accommodating there. I mean, the NBA is doing what they can. You know what I mean? They they didn't have to finish the season. Um, I think the sports fans are glad. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to just see it played out in Orlando. Um, uh, David, Zion going home. Just mentioned that. You know more about it than I do. But um, obviously, and the bubble has specific protocol. As in, if you leave and come back, you have to quarantine for 14 days. There's um, certain reasons you're allowed to, whether you're permitted to leave or not, whether that's a personal reason. I think it has to be approved, things like that. Um, I know you mentioning something about Zion. Can you just bring that up real quick? 
Yeah, so Zion, um, he's going home because he has some family and personal matters that he has to attend to. Uh, obviously, um, when, how long that's going to take for him to come back. But when he does come back, I believe, uh, like you said, there is a quarantine, quarantine period that he has to undergo. If he does come back um, during the eight-game se- season, uh, for a team like the Pelicans, who are who are fighting for that eighth eighth seed, you know, missing Zion is going to be pretty brutal to their chances of getting that eighth seed. Yep. So. Yeah. Exactly. There's no doubt. I, I just thought it was a pretty interesting story of him going home, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're gonna it's definitely need a wait and see thing. No, they're gonna need, they're gonna need him there if they want any chance of getting that eighth seed. Um, Abe, Abe, Justin, do you think they stand any chance of securing a playoff spot without him? Just Mello and Ingram? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely going to be rough. I Minimum think... two weeks missing him. It's just... But uh, it's also how long he takes dealing with his matters. It could be, yeah. you know, it could be three weeks or more that he's, uh, he's missing yeah. his sport. I mean, look, if you're him, you always got to... And I mean, this is said for any sports, said for anything in life, you got to prioritize those family matters. I'm sure it's something important. Um, but, sure. you know, it's going to, the team will miss him. Oh, yeah, of course. The team will miss him for sure. Um, okay. Brief, just brief. Yeah, that was a brief topic on the NBA bubble. I know we've talked about it the past couple of weeks. So I don't want to beat a dead horse at this point. There will be more, a lot, th- this will be a lot more exciting and what. Once sports actually start back up, you know, we can talk about how games went during the week. That'll be exciting. Uh, but right now, it's a lot of just speculation, so to speak. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of going into the last thing, kind of not wrapping it up, but approaching the end. Uh, as I mentioned, Justin is a current student at the University of Florida, uh, majoring in aerospace science and mechanical engineering. Is that correct? Sorry, yes, aerospace engineering. Um, yeah, technically aerospace um, engineering, but okay. I mean, you know, same thing. Is it, it? I mean, is it? It's in. It's a science field, right? Engineering. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, yeah, exactly. So you know, it's it's all STEM stuff. But yeah, aerospace and mechanical engineering. Um, they offer this dual major program because the uh, the coursework for the two majors are so similar that you only need one extra semester of coursework to a dual major. So I'll have two bachelor's yes, degrees yeah. and, you know, basically the normal time yeah, it would have taken plus okay. one semester. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. That's super nice. Um, does that yeah, mean you're exactly. still going to, I think we talked about this before, but does that mean you're still going to finish in four years or you might have to go a semester over? Um, uh, at the moment, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I did come in with, most of a lot of general education requirements that I needed, I had basically all those fulfilled. So I don't really have to worry about, you know, throwing those into my semesters and stuff. I can really just focus on taking the courses I need to. But uh, just depending on how things work out, I'm not entirely sure at gotcha. the moment. Okay. It could be, you know, between right. so four and five years. Not really sure. I wanted to ask you because I'm sure you've been following UF and um, Abe, maybe you've been following it or Justin, you've been keeping up with more. I know UF has considered, not considered, but deemed that they're going fully online, uh, mostly fully online, besides for a couple of classes in which it would be very difficult to function online, whether that be any lab classes, um, any music theory classes, anything like that, art classes, that would be definitely difficult to transition and translate from in-person to digital. Um, But 99% of the classes are trying to keep in-person um, with that being said, Justin, are you living on campus still? Are you going to stay home? Are you? How are you going about that? And what's your what's your plan for that? Being that you're still going to be a student there and take those classes. Uh, yeah. So as of now, all of my current classes are 100% online, but I am still moving up there. But I'm staying in an apartment in Gainesville rather than a dorm. Um, so I'm going to be entirely with roommates that are my friends, people I already know, you know, we're going to be able to work out things of, you know, how to stay safe, you know, what, what our protocols are in terms of, you know, going out and, 
hang out yeah, with other people and how we're going to, you know, because none of us want to get it, obviously. So uh, we're going to do what we need to do to, to make sure we stay safe. But um, if I was in a situation where I had to be in a dorm, um, there's a pretty good chance I, I wouldn't go up just because you, you really can't social distance that much. I mean, you're guaranteed to be in a room with at least one person. I think they're still having uh, uh, no trio rooms, but I think they got rid of all the four person rooms just because they thought it would be too many people and just, you know, too much spread that could happen. But I mean, most of those dorms have communal bathrooms and stuff like that. Um, things are definitely going to spread within those dorms. I, I yeah, would I not totally, want to be one of those honestly, people in those totally dorms, to be communal honest. Bathrooms. That's going to be a cesspool, just a breeding ground for that. So I think you got, you got it good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm lucky enough to have already signed a lease for an apartment. So I think that'll work out pretty well for me. But I, I do feel for those kids who are who are going to be in the yeah, dorms because I, I definitely them, think but, a decent amount of them um, are going to get sick. To be honest, you know, it's good that you got your got your stuff set away and already figured out uh, a stress off your back. Yeah. Do you think you know? Obviously, being yeah, able to sure. take online classes is not for everyone. Um, being that it takes a certain level of self-responsibility and not, uh, you know, not procrastinating being that you're going to be living with, you know, a bunch of friends, all people we know and all that, all good people and all that. So I don't think there's any issues there with the roommates, but, um, you think you're going to be able to keep up and stay on top of things and, you know, get your work done early. Cause you're going to have to have that uh, responsibility not to let that stuff fall behind. You know, you're probably going to be wanting to have fun and just chill with your friends but you might have four or five online classes that you might forget about or anything like that how do you think that's going to go for you uh yeah in terms of of me personally i mean i know that i'll be able to make it work and and um make sure i get everything done that i need to and get it done when i need to but i even during the spring semester, we got sent home early, basically. We weren't forced to go home, but we were highly encouraged, and basically everyone chose to. And so we continued our classes online. And I don't know, I, I definitely had some issues with um, motivation, just like, you know, who wants to log in online? And and it's just not the same quality of learning. It's not the same experience. It's I, I would say it's not as enjoyable. It's It's not as helpful, I would say. But I guess it's just the way things are. Um, I mean, I'm going to make sure that I that I make it work. But there's definitely be a, a lot of kids that, you know, probably for reasons that aren't even their fault. You know, it's harder to focus when it's online. There's way more distractions and stuff like that. Um, there's definitely a lot of a lot of people who have, you know, some people with just minor issues with motivation and stuff like that. And other people who, you know, just will find it hard to, to get it done. But. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. Uh, you know, hopefully when it's required, the university will have, you know, some more leniency than you would if we were taking in-person classes. But, you know, everyone knows what's expected of them and know, yeah. knows what, yeah. what to be I done. Agree. So, be, you know, um, it'll definitely be an interesting situation. I think people are still getting used to it. You know, six months, however long we've been in this, three months, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, there's still, oh, yeah, still for sure. a lot to get used to still. Um, just getting acclimated to that really fully online and a different way of life that, that it is. Um, Abe, David, what do you you guys aren't fully online, but after Thanksgiving you will be, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the plan. Gotcha. You do you guys think that you might get kind of screwed over and end up the same way that? You know, UF's doing it, assuming the cases continue to increase. I know Michigan's been handling it well. I know New York is, I mean, not no longer as much of a hotspot as Florida, but, I mean, New York is definitely a concentrated area. You guys think if it gets any worse there, they might opt for the same plan? I mean, there are so many variables. I I wouldn't hit past, like, hit past them to eventually like, change it and, um, do a similar thing to what that what UF is doing. I mean, there's so many unknowns right now. I think my school is just going to give it to the discretion of the teachers, whatever whatever the teachers are comfortable with. Um, that's they'll just trust what the what the instructors and what the lecturers decide to do, uh, whether it be 
meet for class once a week or just go fully online. Um, it's it's like a class to class um, variation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Instead of instead of just telling the whole the whole uh, the whole school, hey, we're either fully online or we're we're still on for for classes in person classes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, on to we're gonna go into this last thing. Um, we'll just ask you know nine great podcast interview questions to ask your next guest. <laughs> We we did this with Ada and it worked out well. Justin, we're gonna do it with you. I look up questions <laughs> online from any random websites of what to ask your guest and um, ask you. You give your answer and um, obviously David, Abe, do you have anything to chime in um, after he's done or any feedback? Obviously, you guys are totally um, encouraged to. So, Justin, first one is, uh, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? But I guess we can go ahead and switch out career unless you have a career but i don't think any of us have a career yet um uh you can switch out career with college if you want (laughs) um oh i mean that is a good question i don't know um honestly one of the most standout things (laughs) like i wish i'd known is just like how shit the dorms are bro i i honestly like i really don't enjoy living in the dorms it's not fun at all you just you just weren't in East like, Three. There definitely are some dorms and and some floors where you know everyone knows each other and it's a big community, but you know I didn't really have that experience with with my specific dorm and and my floor. Now I mean I knew some of the kids and we're, we were all friendly with each other. There's no major issues or anything, but you know I just like having my own bathroom and having my own kitchen to cook food and stuff like that. It's just it's so much easier to be in an apartment than in a that's dorm. Right. It's you think the apartment I don't know. Style yeah, that's just my personal opinion better? on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And especially if you're with people, you know, then it's like, it's almost the same as having, you know, an apartment, you, um, you probably have your own bathroom and bedroom. And, you know, a little kitchen space where you can cook food. Um, yeah, I, I've seen like one or two of them at UF. And, you know, the, I, I'd say they're pretty quality. They're, they're not huge. The rooms are kind of small, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's obviously gotcha. way more space than you get okay. in a, in a yeah. dorm, in a yeah, traditional yeah. dorm. Good info for any listeners or any incoming college students that might, it's just... Be aware of the dorms. Just always take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, there, there definitely is, you know, fun and enjoyment to be had living in the dorms. But just for me personally, yeah, you know, what that. I want right, out of my living situation. Question. What is you your know, biggest it's not really failure and what did you learn from it? <laughs> That's what, yeah. Not, nothing Man, I don't even know what I answer that. I don't know what my uh, biggest failure is. Let's see. Uh, says what are the? Okay, I don't. This doesn't really have any reference, but what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? I I think these questions are more tailored to like people that have like professional careers and all this stuff. But you know, they've probably met people along the way. But I guess we'll apply it to college along the way. We'll apply this one to college as well. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Whether that be like your friends, whether that be any teachers you know uh uh whatever it is those people i can't yeah what, what's the, what's the person that helps you with your classes like assistant or something yeah yeah Tutor? no the, uh, TA? fuck that you have to talk TA? to no they're basically advisor 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 like yeah, a counselor spoken with your advisor jesus christ or an advisor <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so UF actually requires us to, um, as freshmen, to meet with our advisor before we schedule our classes for the next semester. And I think that's actually a really good thing. It makes sure that people are actually registering for the the correct classes. And in general, in my experience, they're all, you know, they're really helpful. They truly are there to make sure you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing. And, you know, personally, I didn't have any, any major mistakes, you know, in terms of like failing classes or this and that. But, you know, even for people that, that do, there are ways to help them, ways to get them back on track. And, you know, they let you know about those options. They exercise those options and they really help you out. So I, I do think the advisors, um, you know, I can't speak for other colleges, but specifically at, at UF are, 
are great and definitely a good resource. You know, it, it, it's good to talk to someone like that. Just if you have any, whether it's big questions or just small questions about, you know, what classes should we take and when, you know, they, they, def they definitely help you in that department. And then just in terms of preparing for college in general, um, you know, I think it's way better to talk to people, you know, that are currently in college and rather than, you know, looking things up and on the internet and stuff like that, it's better to just really have like a, a personal testimony what to from someone who's in college just to tell you, you know, you know, how things function, you know, what, what to expect, you know, stuff like that, mm -hmm. how to study, you know, what, yeah. what studying okay. and like work habits you right, should right, have, right, stuff right. like that. Um, all right. Last but not least, uh, ch -ch -ch -ch. I guess, who are three people who have been the most influential to you? I mean, I, I guess, I like I said, it seems like all these are tailored towards, like, profession. You know, if you were some, you know, higher up in a company that worked together, I'm sure that would be a lot easier to answer or, or a lot more relevant. But, you know, put your own spin on it if you want. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably uh, going to answer more as, like, groups of people i'd say something like that but um yeah because i mean i i can't say that i've had like a major like mentor in my life that have, like helped me through a career or something just because i'm just not at that point in, in my life or whatever but i mean in terms of like influential like people i mean Certainly. obviously i would have to like say like both my parents just in general i mean both you yeah. know raised me well you know taught me what's right and wrong this and that you know, always supported me through this and that. So, I mean, just in general, just it's good to have, you know, base support within your own family. I think that's, that's like the most important, to, one of the most important things to eventually becoming successful or, you know, it's not necessary, yeah, but it's, it's, it's important. Family. It definitely helps, you know, just when you have that background totally. support, yeah. you know, it makes so many more things possible, I'd say. And then another one, I would just say friends in general. Um, I mean, I'd say I'm fortunate enough to have friends that, you know, you can easily talk to, you know, they're understanding, you know, decent people that will, you know, move you in the right direction, you know, let you know if you did something wrong and stuff like that. And I think it's important to have people like that in your life that if you mess up, they'll tell you, you know, you messed up, you know, you need to change that. You need to make things right if you need to or whatever, or, you know, they just support you along the way, give you advice when you need it and, and whatnot. I think those are definitely two two major things and then um if i had to name a third huh i'd say like just any really good like teacher professor it's just like it's good to have they always have some sort of resources that can help you you know a lot of them are open to just you know talking in general you know helping you through your specific coursework and stuff like that i think it's definitely good to have um a few people in in that aspect that yeah, they will just help you out with your, with those things that three are you know, cores, school related and stuff three like that. Pillars of your of your life, pretty much, you know, family, friends. And... Yeah, that that's what I would say. Even though it's it's kind of you know a little bit of an yeah, obvious no, answer, but of, um, I do think they're all extremely you know, important in their own right. A healthy life at that. Yeah. Um. All right. I mean, David, Abe. Anything else? I mean, I don't really have any more questions. I know we covered all our topics. I think uh, we had a good episode today. You've been up. a terrific guest, Justin. Yeah, you really, you really have. Yeah, it's flowed really well and all that. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you for. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, perfect, glad perfect. to be here. I you know, well, enjoy talking Dave, about things. Like uh, thank you for else. having me on. Anything from you? Nope. Just. Um... Yeah, for incoming, uh, like Justin said, for incoming um, freshmen or if you're still in uh, your first couple of years of high school looking at some colleges, you know, always always be aware of the dorms. You know, if you can, always have a friend. That I, So in my experience, uh, I went into a quad uh, <laughs> dorm with three random people. And at first, they are all friendly and everything, you know. And then one um, ended up turning into like a really good friend of mine. The two kind of just did their own thing. But um, for incoming uh, college freshmen, you know, it's really important to, to, to reach out to people, whether that be your advisor and get to know them, uh, your professors, get to know them as well. 
or just your, some of your peers and your major that and, and networking that'll uh, that'll uh, you know it will go far and it, like you may not realize it now or or when you get to college or your first year but it will do you wonders just networking yeah yeah I definitely have to agree with that um Definitely open yourself up. Try to meet some new people, um, you know, just for to have other people, you know, the, you know, people to do things with in general, especially if not many of your friends um, are in the, ending up going to the same place that you are. Um, you know, just really get yourself out there. Try to meet some new people. I mean, just keep in mind you're in the same boat as, as every other, you know, freshman is there. You know, they a lot of them don't know anyone either. So just open yourself up. Talk to people like David said. um, it's also pretty helpful to get to know your uh, professors and TAs and stuff. A lot of them are pretty friendly and they have, you know, resources that can help you. They have research opportunities. They have opportunities where you can actually work for them and make money in some cases. So it, it's definitely good totally. to, to talk to people, that's get all. to know people because there's I mean, a lot of opportunities that you'll find. Is. You got to network, that. you got to meet people, you got to be friendly. Um, the younger you are, when you can start to learn how to do that, and be more proficient and better at it. Um, better you'll be set up for in the future so always always good to keep keep uh been be friendly with new people and uh take all that in i think so um okay i think no one no one's got any more i think we're pretty good um with that being said i guess we'll go ahead and sign out so um ladies and gentlemen boys and girls thank you for listening um a longer episode today so if you made it through all the way do appreciate it um, appreciate everyone that watches and listens. So thank you very much. Um, with that said, though, I'm going to sign out. So this is Dylan saying goodbye and uh, everyone else say your goodbyes and we'll be done with episode four. Adios, everybody. Take care, everyone. Of course, of course. Thanks for joining and um, peace All out, right. everyone. Goodbye, guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me on.